You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family, welcome back to the Church Life Podcast. I hope that you've been enjoying the Advent uh, devotions as much as I have. So we are attempting to prepare our hearts for the Christmas season just to build a holy expectation, recognizing that one day we'll see Christ come back to the earth just as he came to us the first time. And so in that sense of anticipation and excitement, um, today, Brian Cloyce is going to be sharing our Advent devotion with us. And I just want to introduce you to Brian. Brian's fairly new to the church. And so let's take a second, Brian, just to help the church know who you are. So welcome aboard, man. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Glad to be here. Hey, man, how long have you been at Carterville? Less than a year, almost a year now. Started you, in, in January. And you are a newlywed? I am, yes. It's so so yeah. track track back, when did you guys, uh, when did you tie the knot? Uh, May 25th of this year, 2019. Okay, great. So that's fantastic. And I know that you recently graduated from right. William Carey. Correct. And you are, uh, you're currently teaching school. Correct. And you're on track um, probably for a ministry or academic career teaching teaching Bible and the scriptures, and the Lord has that's, tethered you well that's to his word. Yep, <laughs> that's the dream. Living live the dream. Yeah. Right. Well, man, I appreciate you. I appreciate your love for the Lord that I have witnessed over the last few months, your devotion to the scripture. Um, thanks for being part of our church family, man. Well, it's an honor. Yeah, we're better off because of it. <laughs> I don't know about that. I think so, man. All right, well, well share with us. So what are you going to read today uh, for our devotion context? What's your scripture okay. passage? So my scripture is Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 56, and this is the Magnificat, which is Mary's song after she meets Elizabeth, and uh, she kind of is rejoicing to the Lord uh, for Jesus, or which will become Jesus. Excellent, man. We'll take it away. Okay. So let, let me read the passage first, then we'll talk a little bit about it as sort of a devotional. So Luke chapter 1, verse starting in verse 46. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm, he has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts, he has brought down the mighty from their thrones, and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. Uh, So I hope that you can see, if you're listening, how deeply and rich rich this passage is. There's no possible way I could go into every detail. Uh, One thing that I will not mention that go into detail about is the parallel with this uh, psalm to Hannah's song in uh, 1 Samuel. So you ought to go back for yourself and research all the Old Testament allusions. I'm not really going to focus on that too much. What I really want to focus on today is putting this song in the context of Luke and his purposes and including this passage in his narrative. So I really want to frame this by asking a couple questions that we're going to examine. So uh, as Mary is uh, speaking this song, she's kind of looking forward to Jesus as he's going to be born. So I want to examine what does Jesus mean and who did he come to save? Uh, So first of all, I, I just want to ask that simple question that I believe this passage answers for us. So who did 
Jesus come to save? He's about to be born. I think that's a great question to ask at the Christmas season. So let's let's look, or I, I'm looking for you. Uh, in one of the first verses, uh, Mary says that she's looking on her humble estate. And that, that theme is repeated throughout this passage. On, and Mary's kind of reflecting that she's humble. She's a peasant. She kind of has nothing. And this really is a good a preview and prologue for Luke's entire gospel. Luke really likes to focus on the disadvantaged and the poor and the people who have nothing. And his main emphasis here is that Jesus has come for just those kind of people. So today, it doesn't matter what kind of social status you have. It doesn't matter what kind of financial status you have. Jesus has offered you his free gift of salvation. So it's a wonderful message of hope. And also, I think even more importantly than that, it doesn't matter what your former life has been. It doesn't matter who you have been, what kind of sins you've committed. If you will accept his forgiveness, if you will acknowledge that you are a sinner and repent of your sins and trust in his name, his salvation is for you. So I think that's a first thing, a great reminder. So secondly, I want to ask a, a sort of a tricky question, and it might help us understand the passage a little bit better. So secondly, who did Jesus not come to save? Uh, so one of the things in this passage is really repeated all throughout uh, the Gospel of Luke is sort of this contrast. He's, he's contrasting the mighty and the poor, those on the thrones and those who are, again, of humble estate, um, those who are rich and wealthy and have a lot of food, and those who are hungry. Uh, so we, especially in America, might read that and be kind of confused on why, why does he bring that in? Is it wrong to be rich? No, I don't think it's saying he's, it's necessarily wrong to be rich, but it's the state of mind uh, that you could be in if, if you possess a lot of money. So throughout the Gospel of Luke, he, he really draws a contrast between, for example, the Good Samaritan and the Levite, or even the publican, the tax collector, and then the Pharisee. So I really want to want to dig deeper. It's not he's not really talking about whether you're a wealthy or not. It's your state of mind. So especially when he mentions the the tax collector, the tax collector says, uh, "I, you know, I, I'm so sorry. I'm a sinner. Uh, I'm nothing." But the Pharisee is kind of looking down on his nose at him. Um, but but then uh, Jesus makes a very interesting statement. He says, For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. And it's the same type of language in the Greek text that's found in Mary's song. So it's it's your state of mind state of being and your state of mind, as in what do you, I believe that I have enough righteousness on my own to come to Jesus, or do I recognize that I have absolutely nothing and that I am nothing before Jesus? And that is the state of mind that Jesus has called us to. So another verse in Luke, Jesus says, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So I think that's Jesus is saying here, I did not come to call those who believe they have enough righteousness in and of themselves. I came to call those who recognize that they are sinners, that everyone is a sinner, and no one can save themselves apart from me. So I think that, this, again, really uh, fits very well into Luke's overall narrative on contrasting those who believe they have enough power in and of themselves, they have enough wealth, like the rich young ruler, or are you going to be like a child and come to him and say, I have absolutely nothing to bring. I recognize that you are my only option. You are my only savior. It makes me think about, uh, and Luke says, you know, blessed are the poor later in, uh, in right. you know, Luke chapter 6. Matthew's version of the same beatitude is blessed are the poor in spirit. And I think the contrast mm. that you're bringing out really actually shows the connection even between that language. You know, why that, that when Luke says blessed are the poor, 
uh, he may very likely have a bigger picture in mind. I do totally, absolutely right. think he means literally, blessed are the poor who right. are hungry and desperate for God. Um, but I don't think he's intending to exclude the wealthy who are poor in spirit. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, absolutely. And I think you've done a great job, you know, pointing out, uh, man, is our confidence, is our confidence in our possessions and our status, or are we still poor in spirit, humble enough in the eyes of the Lord that we're not exalting ourselves and we know we need a rescue from above, yes. you know? Absolutely. And I, and I think that's the question that we need to ask uh, this Christmas season. Um, you know, which one am I? Am I one that's um, resting in my own confidence and my own righteousness, or will I rest in Jesus yep. who came in this very state? He came completely humble. He came to his ancestors' home. There wasn't room for him uh, in, in the regular room, so he had to come below. He was born among the animals in the manger, and Jesus himself is coming as a baby. God himself is coming in the most humble of circumstances. So are we are we going to come to him in that state of mind, that I have nothing to bring to, to you? I have no, not even my righteousness, certainly not my wealth or my social status. Uh, no matter who you are, no matter how much physical wealth you have, I'm I'm poor and destitute, spiritually speaking, and I need a Savior who can rescue me. So which one are you uh, this Christmas season? Good word. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, thanks for sharing your devotion with us, yeah. man. I hope that everyone will delight all day in Mary's song. Yeah, so you can absolutely. find that text in Luke chapter 1, verse 46 and following. We remind you of that. I hope you'll spend some time in the Word. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, you're welcome. My man, pleasure. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.